What if you could procure an investment and get the money back? I mean, what if you could buy gold and get the money back? What if you could buy cryptocurrency and get the money back? What if you could buy real estate and get the money back? What if you could be adding to your portfolio of stocks, bonds, mutual funds, fill in the blank, whatever it happens to be for you, and get the money back? See, I'm not trying to promote one investment over another. What I'm asking is who controls the banking function in your life? Hello and welcome to the Durham Talents channel. My name is Jesse Durham. Today's subject is going to be return on investment or rate of return. Now, I would like to begin by pointing out, and Nash says this very clearly and distinctly in his book, that banking is a function. Banking is a process. And investing as well is a process. It is a function. It is an activity. And of course, investments can be nouns, the, the entities themselves. And we're going to lay out some things to consider, questions that a potential investor may have, questions that come up often when I'm having discussions with potential clients that are considering buying whole life policies that have been properly structured for the banking purpose with mutual companies that pay dividends and how that can incorporate into what it is that they are doing as investors. So let's begin by prefacing that both of these functions, the function of banking and the function of investing, are two separate, distinct functions, two separate and distinct processes. Now let's begin with banking, which is what we expound upon the most here, of course, on our channel. The idea that you can become your banker, the idea that you can account for your need for finance. And that could be whether you are a household, whether you are a small business owner, a big business owner, or an investor. So let's do indeed remember that banking just is. Everything is financed. Either we are borrowing someone else's money on their terms and conditions and we are beholden to them. We jump through their red tape and hoops, whatever that process looks like to see if we qualify and whatever the limit will be, whatever the amount will be. And then we are paying interest for that. So they're earning a profit and they control the process. Or we accumulate capital somewhere at our disposal Hopefully, hopefully, again, it doesn't have to be, but either way, we accumulate capital somewhere and we negate or we overlook if we're ignorant to the fact, regardless, we lose the opportunity to earn interest on that capital that we are accumulating for the purpose of procuring something. In this case, we're considering investing investments and we lose the opportunity to earn on our capital. It's called the economic value added. So either we are paying interest or forfeiting the opportunity to earn interest, simply put. So when we recognize that everything is finest, that would include investments. So yes, we can finance investments ourselves, but financing itself is not investing. So banking just is. It's a function. It's a process. I would promote the idea that you can account for that process for yourself, for your business, for your investing, whatever it is that you are doing. You can account for that for yourself. 
be the owner of that process, be in control, have a system in place, and just put ourselves in the position of where the commercial conventional banks are now. Because when we take a bank's loan, again, it's on their terms and conditions. They're setting the limit of whatever that amount will be. They will have a return of principal. They will earn interest and they are going to profit from that entire process, that entire transaction. They are going to profit from it. And remember this, from a conventional bank's standpoint, and Nash talks about this in Becoming Your Own Banker, that deposits to a bank are liabilities. They have to account for those. They have to do something with those. Whereas loans are assets to the bank. So they're profiting and profiting well. They're living very well off of the deposits that we make and the loans that we're taking. They're profiting very, very well. And I'm saying that we should put ourselves systematically with knowledge, logic, reason into the position of being our own banker where we are not beholden to anyone else. We are setting the terms and conditions. We are the ones that are receiving principal back, interest. We're the ones that are profiting from the entire process. And that point of banks earning more than just interest on the money that they lend us. Well, and, and in fact, let's start with the money from the start. My question is, is did that money even exist until we put pen to paper as consumers? Regardless of what kind of loan it is, a, a car loan, a mortgage, personal loan, did in fact those dollars, that money exist before we put pen to paper? Before we took that loan out? Because what we know is that banks are lending out multiples of every dollar that we deposit there. So I'm just trying to lay some groundwork so that we do what Nash recommends, which is understand who the characters are in the play. So I know that I and you, we're about our business. We are looking to make wise business moves. We are looking to invest, perhaps. We are looking to profit. We are looking to keep more of our money in our family and in our business and in our investing. We're looking to do better and to grow and expand and build out our footprint. Well, what I'm saying is that by recognizing who the characters are in the play, that by putting ourselves in a position of being beholden to the bank itself with money that didn't exist before we put pen to paper on their terms and conditions, and we're paying interest on that, they're profit profiting from the entire process and transaction taking place. I'm just saying we need to recognize what the commercial bank's role is in this entire process. And I'm bringing this up and I'm mentioning all these different players and I'm trying to paint this picture for us so that we can get past the idea or the question. And I'm not trying to invalidate the question. It's a natural question to ask when considering these properly structured policies, whole life policies with mutual companies that pay dividends, it's it's a natural question to ask, well, what's my rate of return or what's going to be my return on investment? And I'm trying to clarify that owning life insurance 
is is not an investment. Owning life insurance is mitigating risk. It's accounting for a loss. Now, when that policy has been properly structured for the banking purpose, where it will have a high cash value that we can use to satisfy our need of finance by having a private place, a private appreciating asset, wherein we can access capital for our investing or whatever it is that we happen to be doing over the course of our lifetime, See, that is very, very different than what the average American is doing, which is paying volumes and volumes and volumes of interest to the conventional banking system over their lifetime. And again, when you put those two case studies beside each other and say, okay, well, somebody here is paying 30-something percent of every dollar in interest alone over the course of their lifetime, and this person is systematically building up a system of policies to be able to account for their need of finance into the future, now and into the future, over the course of their lifetime. I mean, what would it look like if you began to get a percentage of every dollar that you spend on the things that you're going to spend dollars on anyway back? Which brings me to another point, which is in investing, we need to be able to look beyond just merely replacing dollars and rather focus on how we can be recapturing dollars. I mean, if 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 there's anything better than getting and procuring and owning an asset and investment that we want, it's owning that investment, procuring that investment in a in a timely fashion, which is just another point to consider when having a privatized banking system, uh, being in control of the timing. But the only thing better than getting that investment would be getting that investment and the dollars back that we paid, that we spent to be able to procure that investment. So when considering the infinite banking concept, when considering should I or should I not do this infinite banking thing, I think that when you read the book, it is a natural question to ask, well, what's my rate of return? What's my return on investment going to be? We need to recognize that it is not an investment. It's a process. And when we realize that we want to begin that process, well, what would it look like for you if you got the investment and you got back a percentage maybe even eventually all of the money that you spent in getting that investment. What if you could get the investment and the money back? See, the only thing better than getting an investment that you want, making an investment that you want, is making the investment that you want and getting the money back. Now, here's a crucial point for those that are vetting the infinite banking concept. If you have not been in control of the banking function in your life, okay, when you realize that you don't control the banking function in your life, in your business, in your investing, and you read Nash's book and you tune into the channel here and you begin to grasp the idea of what it means to become your own banker, see, the moment you start, the moment you own a policy and you begin to access your capital, 
with foreknowledge, with intent and purpose for whatever it is that you were going to be doing, whatever it is that you are going to be financing anyway. Let's take investing for an example. See, you can get past asking, well, what's my rate of return in procuring this policy? What's my return on investment in procuring this policy? Because if you were earning nothing in banking prior to owning a policy, and that is true, <laughs> because everything's funny, is either we pay the commercial bank interest at their terms and conditions, or we forfeit the opportunity to earn interest if we're paying cash for things. We're setting aside money, building up capital to be able to buy something that we want to do, need to do. See, we were earning nothing in the banking function. Zero. Zilch, nada, nothing. So the moment that you own a policy and you access capital in your policy for your need of finance, whatever that happens to be, you have exponentially exploded the return that you were getting in banking because prior it was nothing. It was non-existent. So now it's infinite. The return that you can be getting in banking. See, Nash would always say that everybody needs to be in two businesses. And he would say that owning and starting and uh, using a policy is like owning and starting and using a business. So if you're in the business of X or, or if you're in the process of investing in X, whatever it is that you're building, whatever it is that your business is, whatever it is that you are investing in, the moment you begin to bank for yourself, the moment you get into the banking function, you've exponentially increased your returns, your rate of return, your return on that process of the banking function in your life. Now, my next question is, what would it look like for you if you could get past the idea of simply replacing dollars to recapturing dollars? Here's what I mean. When we go to Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker, page 69, he shows out some very simple numbers right there, and I can relate them simply myself. But page 69 in the book, for those that want to, to reference it, what he's saying is, is when we recognize who the characters are in the play, things look very different. See, if you borrow a bank's money to make an investment, you're going to be paying interest to that bank. So doesn't that cut in on your earnings, your profits from the transaction of buying, procuring, owning an investment? Of course it does. Likewise, if you set aside capital somewhere, if you put money aside somewhere, to be able to use in the future, to be able to buy an investment, to be able to obtain an investment, didn't you miss out on the interest that you could have otherwise earned from the use of that money? Right, so everything is financed, and either we are paying interest to someone else or we are forfeiting the opportunity to earn interest. But now when we are going to borrow against the cash values that we have in a policy that we own, and use that to procure an investment. And we're going to be an honest banker and we pay interest back on that loan. When we pay interest back on that policy loan that we took. Who is that interest going to? The interest dollars that we pay are simply adding capital to our system. So whatever we would have paid 
conventionally, commercially, whatever we would have paid to be able to finance an investment, let's do that. Let's give our money a real market value. Let's be an honest banker. Let's not steal the piece. Let's pay that back and pay that back with interest. And all that interest is is extra capital to our system. So all that does is grow and expand our cash values, our capital for our future use as well. So that's not simply replacing dollars to procure an investment, let's say, but rather that is how we can recapture. That is how we can procure an investment and even recapture the dollars that we used to procure that investment. Recapture is the key word. Replacing dollars is one thing. If I save up until I have $10, it's just simple math. If I save up $10 to be able to go out and buy an investment, I've liquidated the $10 that I'd set aside, that I'd saved up, and in the meantime, I was forfeiting the opportunity to earn on that money that I could have been earning by using it, but I abdicated that opportunity. And then I liquidated it. Well, now to procure my next investment, whether that's a real estate or precious metals, whatever it is, doesn't matter. Well, I'm going to have to go through another capitalization phase all over again, starting from scratch. That's key. Starting from scratch to be able to have what I need for that next investment. And again, there's a time frame here where I'm having to go through this capitalization phase. And likewise, during that same time frame, I'm losing the opportunity to add value to that. Also, if I'm commercially, conventionally financing, I have to go through the paperwork. I have to schedule something with the loan officer to get, get on their schedule. It's going to be on the bank's terms and conditions. I'm going to be paying them the interest. That's interest dollars that I'm bleeding out that is taking away from the overall profit of what it is that I'm doing by procuring an investment. So what I'm pointing out here is that investing is a process and that banking is a process. If you, don't, if you want to invest, invest by all means and do it well. I'm here to promote the idea that you can become your own banker, that you can account for the banking function in your life. So these two processes don't have to be standalone. They are distinct. They are different. But what I'm saying is, can you become your own banker and invest? Yes. Can you invest and become your own banker? Yes. Are many people investing without even considering the banking function in their household or business or investing their entire lives? Yes, absolutely. And if I make an investment, let's say I go out and I buy gold. Again, it could be anything. There could be real estate, could be cryptocurrency, could be anything you want right there. But let's say I, I go out and buy a gold brick. Well, can I access capital from that gold brick to be able to... No. Now, perhaps I could put that up for collateral... And again, that's that's not me becoming my own banker. I'd have, to, I'd have to do that with someone else on their terms and conditions, pay them interest, and then they're, they're my investment is as, as, as collateral. Whereas a policy is a perfectly collateralized appreciating asset. See, when we borrow against the cash values of our policy, the cash values of the policy are just a net present day value of the future death benefit.
So all those moving parts are contained within the same entity. The asset itself, the policy itself, the cash value is a, a representation today of that future death benefit. And we can borrow against that value today for our need for finance. Well, what I'm describing to you is the idea that you be can become your own banker, that you could read R. Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. You could plug into the information that's on this channel. You could ask questions, have conversations, uh, you know, book a webinar or a phone call and learn what it means to become your own banker so that you can recognize and distinguish the difference between investing and banking and know that you can account for your own banking purposes in your household and in your business and in your investing. And I do hope that this conversation has been helpful. It's been a great pleasure for me. And if you'd like to contact me to carry out this conversation, you can reach me at 828-817-4223. You can email durhamtalents at gmail.com. This has been a great pleasure for me. I look forward to our next conversation. Have a great day. Take care. Yes, banking idea sounds good, but I can get a higher rate of return with real estate. And what would be my rate of return? Hold on now, Mr. Durham. Tell me this. What's my rate of return? Anyway, what am I saying here? I don't know. Who knows? <laughs>